Hello, everybody. Here I'm there to talk about Anchor. It's one of the best podcast uh, platforms that you can you can uh, go on. You can put all your podcasts on Apple, Google, any place. Any place to put up your podcast, you could all do it in one place. Anchor has all the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the phone or computer. And you can distribute any of your, your podcasts on any platform like Apple, Spotify, Anchor, you know, Anchor, Stitcher, iHeart, everything. It's everything you need you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. And let me tell you, I have had great experience with Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. That is Anchor FM to get started today. Welcome to Lions Talk. I'm Joe, and I'm here with a special guest, Kent. He is from he, he has a couple of different uh, metrics, and uh, he can tell you all about it right now. Yeah, as like you said, I'm I'm Kentley Platty. I'm from uh, Pro Football Network. I run the mock draft simulator there, and I also run the relative athletic scores website, Raz.Football, which is where you can look at player metrics and testing all the way back to 1987 and it compares them against other players at their position group and gives you a nice clean zero to 10 uh, score that, that shows you just how athletic a guy is when compared to their position. Yeah. And I, I really love that tool that you have the, the RAS metric. It's just, there's some things that, uh, that I'm kind of surprised about, especially like when you see a guy like, like you, I think you had one last year of Taylor Decker versus Penn I Sewell. Yeah. And I was like, well, <laughs> that's quite a difference. Yeah, it's it's crazy how how good players like it, it how that how high that threshold is for a lot of really good players. And there are guys that don't test well that still find their way into the NFL and do do well. Yeah, but it, it doesn't happen nearly as often as it does for the guys that test really well. And I think they can go on your website and they could see all the the things that you have on there, especially like you can go back since 1987 and look at the great players and see how their athletic sports are. Yeah. And we've actually added some features this year. Um, I, I hired a guy named Eric, who's done a great job of, of building a bunch of new functionality onto the site. So you can actually do uh, hypotheticals. So right now we're in the middle of the pro day circuit. So you can go to a player's card and you can hit an, a little drop down for enter custom and you can run whatever numbers you want. So if a player does better at their pro day, you can go change their numbers and see what that looks like. Um, and we also have a compare function, right? Beneath every card, there's, a, I think we have five players that, that tested similarly. And if you wanna see what that looks like side by side, you can just click on it and it'll show both players side by side and how they tested. And on that function, you can go in and put any two players. So I, I know somebody the other day had, had actually looked at uh, Darian Kendrick, the cornerback from Georgia, and compared him to Jordan Davis, their 340-pound nose tackle. <laughs> so you can compare anybody now. It's great. It's a lot of fun. I I, I really like the, the features and all the tools because I think like you post them on social media, and obviously it's like it's cool to see uh, the the way that different athletes are different in a certain kind of like the cone drill, their 40, whatever. It's kind of uh, it's different. It's cool to see because you really don't see that all in one function, you know? Yeah, it's different. It's different. And it's, it's nice because it's, it's contextualized, you know, it's, it's one thing to just say that a guy's really athletic. It's another to see just how athletic they are and in which areas they're athletic. Yeah. So my first question to you is 
what do you think about Malik Willis? Do you even think that he is like worth the uh, uh, people are mocking him to Detroit at two, which I think is blasphemy, but I'm trying to figure out if I'm the right, um, if I'm wrong or they're right. Yeah, it's it's a tough one because you whenever you have a class that's viewed as weaker, the the top guys are always going to get even more doubt than they would in a normal year. Uh, Malik Willis has every tool that you want an NFL quarterback to have. He has leadership skills. He's a very high character guy. He has an awesome arm. He's extremely athletic. He's got everything that you want from a top quarterback prospect. Uh, but he went to Liberty, and Liberty's not the biggest school. It doesn't have the toughest strength of schedule. The offense isn't super complex. Um, when you break it down individually and you start looking at him uh, very granularly as a player, though, you see all those traits that you want. He isn't asked to make multiple reads very often. Um, his offense is very much uh, one or two read and then run because they want to take advantage of his athleticism. And again, the, the type of competition that Liberty faces is not very high most of the time. So they're able to get away with it. But there are times where he's asked to make more than two reads and he's asked to go a lot further in his read progressions. And he does well in those instances. It's just very sparingly that we get to see that. So you're, you're, you're doing a lot of projection with him as a player. Um, the Lions have thrown up a lot of smoke about Malik Willis. They've been doing it since before the Senior Bowl. And man, at the Senior Bowl, they threw up so much smoke about Malik Willis. It was nuts. Um, and if they're if they're throwing up a smoke screen and that's all it is, they're doing a very good job of throwing up a smoke screen and showing that they want Malik Willis. Um, it would not surprise me to see them pick him at two. I personally wouldn't take him at two. I don't really have any of the quarterbacks in this class rated in, in the top five. Um, I think that the, it, it's a, it's a matter of risk rather than talent here, because we're not, we're not talking about a guy who lacks in the skills that you need from a starting quarterback. You're talking about a guy who's a bit more risky than what you would usually take within that top five. Yeah. And I always, I always play it back to, okay, is this guy better than Jared Goff? And a lot of these guys, a lot of these, <laughs> a lot of these guys I go, I really don't know if he's better than Jared Goff. So like, like, you know, like last year you could have said, okay, Trevor Lawrence, he's better than Goff. He'll, he's going to yeah. be better than Goff. Obviously you see him playing this rookie year and you're like, good God. But then he had Urban Meyer as his coach. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it was Jared, the Jared Goff measure is, is kind of, kind of cheating a little bit because that's a very pretty low bar to try to clear. Um, <laughs> but you know, I would, I would definitely say that Malik Willis is, I would say Kenny Pickett is, um, I wouldn't take Kenny Pickett for other reasons, um, but I'd say, I think that he's on that level where you could probably say he's a better quarterback coming in than Jared Goff is. We've seen we've seen the best that Jared Goff has to offer, and you have to have a complete, fully built team all the way around him to do that. Um, I don't think that Desmond Ritter would be a better passer. I think he would be a more dynamic player, and he offers a lot more to your offense than Goff does because he's so athletic and so great on yeah. the move. But like Bailey Zappi from Western Kentucky is is very similar to Goff. You're talking about a very immobile guy who doesn't have a great arm, who can kind of run an offense if you need him to. Um, but Bailey Zappi is like a late day two, early day three type of guy. So oh, yeah. we're there's not a lot of it, it's not just about replacing Goff. It's about replacing Goff with someone that can actually run a franchise and isn't just Goff slightly better you know yeah like a pl like a placeholder which we don't really do yeah. here in Detroit yeah so I me and you had the same pick and our second overall pick and I'm gonna let you have the floor on why you picked Kyle Hamilton second overall 
So the assumption right now is that Aiden Hutchinson is going first overall. It seems to be the consensus right now. Um, we haven't reached the point in the offseason where everyone is saying the same thing, but it's starting to point in that direction where Aiden Hutchinson is probably going first overall to the Jaguars, um, which leaves the Lions in a position to draft um, Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame, or Kayvon Thibodeau, the defensive end out of Oregon, or potentially Malik Willis out of Liberty. And with those choices right now, from what I've been hearing, I think Kyle Hamilton would be the better choice. Um, I think Kayvon Thibodeau is the better player, and I, I really like what Kayvon Thibodeau brings to a defense. Uh, there are a lot of questions about his character right now, some of them very overblown about, about motivation and, and how he as a teammate came up, which is just ludicrous. Um, but at the Combine, he said he was going to do all of the drills. He was going to do everything that Aiden Hutchinson was doing. Uh, and then he dipped. He just bowed out and didn't complete all the drills of the combine, which rubbed some teams the wrong way. And I think that might lead to him falling a little bit. Um, Kyle Hamilton is a fantastic player. He's an extremely good athlete. 40 yard dash, be damned. He's still a great athlete. It, it, this part of why Raz, stuff like Raz is important because it takes into account everything and not just one drill. Um, he had an okay 40 yard dash, but his, his explosive drills were great for his size. His 40 yard dash is perfectly acceptable and fine. Um, but he's an exceptional player on tape. He's a playmaking safety who can go all over the field. He's huge for the position. You can use him in a lot of linebacker hybrid roles. You can use him on the line. You can use him deep. You can move him all over the place. Uh, he adds an element to a defense that I think Aaron Glenn and Aubrey Pleasant would have a lot of fun with. Yeah, part of my reasoning was that it was on a last pod, yesterday's podcast was I picked Kyle Hamilton strictly because I think if you pair him up with Tracy Walker, you really don't have to worry about your safeties for the next couple of years. And I think that if you can get an edge in the, you know, this is a deep draft in terms of edge rusher. So I like Kayvon Thibodeau as as much as like, I think he's a good player, but that whole walking away from the combine kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. And the NFL teams seem to kind of have the same type of reaction to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, the character issues, they say, they say his character issues are, yeah. those are, those are overblown because his teammate is in Detroit right now. Yeah. So, yeah. And like, he, if he had just not done the drills of the combine, I don't think anybody would have any problem with it because a lot of players will do that and then prefer to do the drills. Uh, George Karlaftis did that this year where he only did a couple of the drills and did the rest of it. He's going to do the rest of his pro day, but committing to it and then backing out, I think is what caused more concern for folks. Yeah, I think that I think that was the issue, and I was like, "God, I was like, that's not what you needed to do, dude." But yeah. I, I, I don't even understand why. Who gave him the idea? But so the Lions need wide receivers. Who, who's your top wide receiver in, on, in your estimation? So it's wide receivers difficult because there's so many different types of receivers, and you never want to you never want to lump everybody together in in one group. Um, I think this team still needs some speed. Um, they brought in DJ Chark, who's very fast, but he has had a lot of injury issue, issues in his time with Jacksonville. Um, his contract is structured in such a way the Lions are only really giving him a one-year deal with a second year out. Um, so I'm, I'm not too concerned about what, he, what part he plays long-term, and the Lions need some speed. Um, I really like Chris Olave. I think he's going to be in play with that second pick that the Lions have. Um, his teammate Garrett Wilson should also be in play. Both are exceptional route runners, extremely fast on a football field. Um, very good players to put out there. Um, there's a lot of talk about Calvin Austin from Memphis and how much he can bring to an offense. 
I'm a little turned off by how small he is. He's he's five seven, same. only a buck seventy. I'm the same um, way. But it's it's concerning. But he's so good when you watch him on tape. Um, you know, people say, oh, he gets tied up when you get into press. Yeah, well, if you're putting him in a situation where he's going <laughs> to get pressed, you are not a very good offensive coordinator, <laughs> and you need to find a better job. You know what I mean? Um, Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer says hello. <laughs> but the Lions have a lot of options. If they want to go with an outside receiver that's got size and speed, they could go someone like Christian Watson, either late in the first, early second. I think he could fall all the way to the third. I think some of his hype is a little bit overblown. Yeah. Um, but that, that's a height weight matchup that that you just can't find. Um, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati is another big, fast guy that you can use. George Pickens out of Georgia is another player that gets a lot of hype. I'm not quite as high on Pickens as a lot of other folks are, but I can see why people would like him in the ranges that they do. Um, yeah. I tend to be very overly cautious with injured, injured players and Pickens yeah. is coming off of an injury. So, I mean, the only reason George Pickens is I'm high on my board is strictly because of the, what he you know did with the year before with uh, the year before he got injured. He was really, really fantastic and yeah. he, good at contested balls made the right plays he burnt some dudes in the sec so and some of those guys are playing right now in the nfl i just think that pickens is a real deal but do you like alec i know you like alec pierce can you explain to the people why they should be open to that yeah alec pierce is a little bit more projection because he's he's pretty much all athletic traits and he's not super agile uh, dk metcalf kind of showed why you can't put too much stock in one trait if a player doesn't show that trait as, as part of their game um, and Alec Pierce is just not a guy you're going to be asking to run a complicated route tree. If you're asking him to do a lot of, of in-breaking routes and lots of change of direction, you're probably misusing him as a player. Um, again, it's it's dealing with what you have in Jared Goff, but once the Lions figure out what they're doing at the quarterback position and they get someone who can do a little bit more, I think that that Pierce opens up a lot of opportunities for a quarterback that can get out of the uh, out of the pocket and get on the run. He dealt with it with Desmond Ritter who would often do that sometimes when he didn't need to, he would bail from the pocket. Um, But Pierce is, he knows what to do in those types of situations. And his level of athleticism is, is pretty crazy for his size. He's six, three and two eleven, And you just want that kind of mismatch. Um, Another guy that I want to mention just real quick, because I know I'm way higher on him than most is uh, Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama. Oh, um, I love Jay. I love Jalen Tolbert. I love Jalen Tolbert. He's my wide receiver too, has been yeah. for a very long time. Um, and I know I'm higher on him than most, but if the Lions took him with one of their, their, uh, their day two picks, I would be ecstatic in Detroit. I would love it. Well, I was talking to a, a, a scout that I, I, I know personally being in a scouting class with him and everything. And uh, he mentioned this comparison to Jalen Tolbert. And I was like, if that's what Jalen Tolbert's going to be, I'll take him every day in the third, second round. And that was Devontae Adams, the way he, not that he's not the most fastest guy, but he, he runs the routes exceptionally well. Yeah. And those, the route running is one of those things that a lot of, a lot of bigger receivers get dinged for. And there are situations where they shouldn't. Uh, Drake London is, is a great player uh, to use as an example. And I didn't mention him because I don't think the Lions will be in range to draft him. I think he's going to be gone yeah. somewhere between two and 32. Um, but he's a guy that a lot of folks are just like, oh, he's a he's a jump ball specialist. He's that that go up and get him type because he's, he's a very large receiver. 
but then you turn on the tape and you're like, well, hold on a minute. This is, this, right. is, this is a lot of slants and he's on screens. Um, he's got several different routes that he runs that you just don't put a possession type of player on. And he's able to do those things with ease. He's got run after the catch ability. And it's just like, I think some people are scouting just by looking at his height and, and just making a few assumptions there. Yeah, um, that's, you really got to go further than that. That's never fair to those guys. Cause I mean, like for every guy that's Zay Jones, there's a guy like, you know, DK Metcalf or the guy that's just a freakazoid pretty much. Or an AJ, AJ Green, DK Metcalf. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. And then, so I see Mel Kuyper put uh, Drake London at four. Is there any possibility that the Lions will pick him at two in your mind? I don't, I don't think so. I love Drake London. And if the Lions did go that route, I would, I would be surprised, but I would be glad for the player because that's a player that I, I value very highly. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a very, very good receiver. And it wouldn't surprise me to see somebody value him that high. Yeah, I just think it's interesting because I was like, I was like, man, that's the highest I've seen him so far. And I'm like, God, if he could, if if someone takes a chance on him at two or with the Lions or whoever is picking it two, if they trade down or whatever, but like I'm like, if that's his range right now, that's a pretty that means he's getting pretty good reviews. Yeah, which is the kind of stuff you're looking for is is how 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 much do people how high do people value a player at the point in the draft that you're picking? Exactly. That's that's what I. So the next question I have, and this is kind of convoluted question because. A lot of people like him. A lot of people don't. A lot of people think that he's over, he's been just good. Some people think that he's been great, and that's T.J. Hawkinson. Should they draft the tight end this year? Yeah, loser. You got me. Yep, I'm back. Yeah, do you think the Lions should draft a tight end this year? I think they need a tight end more than fans want to admit they need a tight end. Um, it's not a matter about Hutchinson's don't even, don't even look at it as any kind of, of, of dictation against him as a player. You're, you're talking about what the Lions have on their roster, which right now is, is a whole lot of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, they do need to improve at the tight end position. And it's a weird class because two of the best players, uh, Trey McBride and Isaiah likely, neither of them tested really well. Yeah. And if there's a position that you cannot afford to skimp on athleticism, it's tight end. Um, we actually have our, our potentially uh, number t- uh, 10 overall tight end for Raz today. Um, we had, uh, which has been, it's been sitting there for uh, 22 years. Anthony Becht has held on to that position for 22 years <laughs> and just hasn't given it up to anybody. Um, but it looks like we might, that might fall. Uh, Jelani Woods out of Virginia um, if his times for his agility times stand, we'll be taking over that 10 overall spot for Raz and being the most athletic tight end that we've had in a draft since 1987, which would be pretty crazy. Um, he's been sitting around day three. Um, he was a transfer to Virginia and he, he didn't really have a whole lot of production. Um, but you're looking for projectable traits and teams like to take a chance on tight ends. And he might've morphed himself into that day two consideration with his, uh, combine and then pro day performance. Um, mm-hmm. if not, um, Daniel Bellinger is another player who's, who's really impressed this off season. I like Daniel Bellinger a lot. I watched him at San Diego state and he, he was, yep. he is pretty, then, he's pr- pretty good. And then Charlie Kohler, Charlie Kohler was a guy that a lot of folks, myself included, expected to test poorly. He doesn't look, 
very fast or explosive on tape. He's got great hands. He runs a lot of great routes. He's, he's a reliable receiving threat, but he didn't really look like he was all that good of an athlete. Uh, but he blew away his testing at his pro day. So if those times stand, then, well, even if they don't, even if they, even if they're just okay, he's probably jumped up significantly on a lot of folks' board because that big concern they had, he kind of put to bed with his testing. Yeah, that's a guy that I really, I really liked coming out of Iowa State. I thought he made Brock, I think, I thought he made Brock Parody look so good. But I like Trey, I, I like Trey McBride, but I was like, when I saw the Kohler test uh, results, I was like, man, like he's a lot better than I thought he was. And you mean you talked about this before we yeah. started recording, but like, I like looked at that and I was like, you, you got to be kidding me because like that's the last person I expect to test that well. Yeah, it's great when they do. You know, when a guy when you a guy doesn't test, you don't expect a guy to test well and they blow it out of the water. That's a good thing. Gives you a good reason to go back to tape and figure out what they're doing. Because if it's teachable, then that's not too much of an issue, right? If they have that natural talent, they're just not using it very well, you can work on that. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I was like, but, you know, the, one of the reasons I kind of view tight end as a very, very big position this year is because on the horizons, you're going to have to pay TJ Hawkinson some coin and see do you want to pay him like he probably will get mark andrews money i would think market value wise but i I don't know if i would pay him that yeah he's gonna make money you know he's he's been productive enough too but i think that he hasn't shown that he's the the type of guy you build a franchise around yep exactly like he's not i see it's not fair to plump him into a mark andrews territory but when you get paid that much you kind of (laughs) are Yep. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the main thing. If you're looking deep in the draft, obviously the lions are not going to look for a defensive tackle, which they probably should, but uh, a linebackers, what linebackers do you like the most? Linebacker has been an interesting position because we have a lot of speed this year at linebacker. Um, and you can find that in pretty much every round. The downside is the better players are all going to go early. I know that seems like it's a no brainer, right? Yep. Um, but but uh, guys like Devin Lloyd and N'Kobe Dean, um, Chad Muma from Wyoming, all these guys are probably going to be gone uh, by the time the Lions are picking on date uh, in their third round with their third round pick. So if they want to get a linebacker, they're probably going to have to do so with 32 or 34. Um, Leo Chanel out of Washington is a guy that's pushed his stock up a lot. He was already kind of considered day two by some folks, but he's one of those guys that was was kind of some people had him day three, some had him day two, but now he's day two and nobody has him anywhere else. Um, later on in the draft, we have Troy Anderson out of Montana State, has a lot of yep. really good tape, some great athletic traits that, that you really want to get from your linebackers. A uh, bit raw, going to have to do some developing. Um, the Lions love developing players. That's that's their whole mantra now is, is developing both players and coaches. Um, so he's somebody to keep an eye on. Um, another one would be Brian Asamoa out of Oklahoma. He might still be a day two guy. I, I kind of see him slipping to early day three, um, but he's a guy that had a lot of hype coming into the draft season and then just kind of tapered off. Um, I haven't really heard much about him late. Did I lose you? Yeah, you lost me for a minute. Okay, sorry. It's all good. Did, where, where did you leave me off? Oh, linebackers. 
No. Um, to start from the top. Yeah. Okay. So you have a lot of really good linebackers that are probably going to go earlier than the Lions want them to. So you're talking 32 and 34 where the Lions are going to have to take one. Um, you're looking at Devin Lloyd and Nakobe Dean who are probably gone by the time the Lions pick. Uh, but then you have a player like Chad Muma out of Wyoming who would be a great in one of those picks. Um, you've also got uh, Leo Chanel out of Washington who was kind of a day three guy maybe a day two guy, but now he's very much solidified in that day two conversation, probably a second rounder, potentially a third rounder. Um, later on in the draft, though, you have Troy Anderson out of Montana State, a lot of really good tape, fantastic athletic traits, all the stuff that you really want to develop. Um, and then Brian Asamoah out of Oklahoma came into the draft with a bit of hype and it, it kind of tapered off, but he's, he's a guy that may still be around day three and be a type of value pick the Lions could get. Yeah, Brian Asamoah is a guy I've been looking at. It's like a value kind of pick, but I, I really like Leo Chanel from, uh, from Wisconsin. I think he's just a – he's kind of a diamond in the rough of a pretty good draft. Do you like Damane Clark? Um, I'm not as high on, on him as a lot of folks are. He's got the athletic traits that you want, and he's, he's definitely got some good tape. Um, I think there's some questions about the, how, how he plays in coverage and, and how aggressive he can be at times when he probably shouldn't be. Um, I think the learning curve might be a little bit steeper, um, mm -hmm. but he's still a really good player. He's probably going to go day two. And I, I have enough faith in the Lions coaching staff with what they did um, with Barnes last year to be able to, to put a player like that in their care. Yeah, I think, I think the Lions defensive staff is, is really good. I think they, they can coach up a lot of guys that you've seen what they did with Jerry Jacobs and AJ Parker and God just name a scrap peep that they had in the corner, <laughs> like Mark Gilbert, or I don't know, like I the kid named Billy Breeze or whatever his name was. But like, yeah, you, I was could, like you could just throw out actually fake names and it, you'd probably not be too far <laughs> off the mark right now. They, they were throwing out whoever they could at, at, in their secondary and making it yeah. work. I mean, they were, uh, it they were making it work. It was crazy because at the end of the season, you're like, they really have no one left. And then they play Arizona, they play Arizona and they just dominate them from the start. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I was like, well, if this is a team that like shows up at the end of the year, well, that's, that's pretty good. Cause they, they started to get better after the bye week. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it just, it's such there. Dan Campbell and that staff, it, it seemed like they just had something working and it seems like they're, they have something working going into next year. Yeah. And they were thankfully able to keep all of their coaching staff. They almost lost both Aubrey Pleasant and uh, Aaron Glenn to head coaching hires, which that would was, have been great that, for both of those guys, but it was terrifying for Lions fans. It was terrifying for me. Cause I was like, don't take Aaron Glenn yet. Like you can take him after they, they get some, <laughs> they get some good stuff coming down the pike. I gotta ask you about a guy that I really like in, in I, I don't know if you like him or what Daria says, but is uh it's Damari Mathis out of Pitt, the cornerback. Yeah, and I've I've only just started looking into him. He's actually on my list of guys to review after this because uh, we have we have for the simulator for Pro Football Network. He's one of the guys that we're going to be moving up most likely. Um, yeah. But I haven't watched him yet, but I've been told a lot of very good things. Um, one of the guys that runs our uh, the rank or helps run the ratings for our simulator had him in, inside of his top 150 already. Um, yep. Extremely athletic player, and he said it, it it really pops on tape the type of stuff that he can bring to a defense. Yeah, I, I was really just surprised because like I went back two years ago when they were he was playing um, North Carolina or whatever, and the plays the plays he made against. Uh, 
I think it was, I forget the, the wide receiver, but he plays for the Redskins right now. Uh, I for, I'm forgetting, but he, uh, he, he made this play where he, he got beat, but he put himself in position to somehow tip the ball and tip it back to himself and intercept it in midair, which was incredible. But it's just like, that's the one guy was like, wow, like he could be a, he could be a steal at the, uh, if you can get him in the fifth, fourth round. It would be a good spot to, yeah, early, early day three. Yep. And so that's, that's, that. I was like, I was like, I was wondering, I was like, what does Ken think about that guy? Cause that, that, this, this guy is so, yeah, so just cr- crazy. The, the last question I got to ask you is about the interior offensive line. If there's a guy that they're going to go after late in the draft, who's your guy that you like? So late in the draft's a little tough. The Lions do need to address their offensive line. I think more than people realize because it's such a strong point on the team compared mm-hmm. to everything else, right? They've got yeah. holes in a lot of places, but they don't really have that many holes on the offensive line. All five of their starting players are returning and they all look good enough to start without having to, you know, having to go out and go grab a replacement right away. Um, I don't believe they're going to address the interior of the offensive line early. It's possible that they do. I'm, I'm just not very confident that they would. Uh, one guy that I'd be looking at early day three is Dylan Parham out of Memphis. Yeah. Fantastic player, great athlete, really smart play center, has some guard versatility. You can move him around. I got to see him down at the Senior Bowl. Uh, the offensive line at the Senior Bowl got their butts kicked all day one of practice and most of day two in practice. Um, but day one of practice, the only player who gave Travis Jones out of Connecticut any kind of trouble was Dylan Parham. Um, and I had not at that point watched him at all. So he was just a name on a piece of paper that I had to go back and watch. That was, uh, but I, was, I, was, I was the same way. So don't worry. Yeah. But I was extremely impressed with him and, and knowing that he can take on a guy like Travis Jones and Travis Jones is a very disruptive nose tackle out of Cincinnati, uh, UConn. Yeah. He's a big force. Yeah. Big dude, big dude, extremely athletic. I love me some athletic big men. Uh, yeah. Parham, Parham was given in the business band. It was a really good battle, and, and that really opened my eyes to the type of player he could be. Yeah, there's another guy that I like. His name is Luke Wattenberg out of Washington. I think he's pretty he's pretty decent if you can get him in sixth, seventh round. I just look for depth in that position, you know, because I think that over the course of a year, you're going to have a little bit of issues with injuries and all that. So. Yeah, and we saw we've seen that each of the last couple of years. The offensive line starts to wear down. Um, Wattenberg also tested really well. Um, he kind of got overshadowed by Cole Strange, who's who's came in as an extremely intelligent cerebral center, which is what you want. Athleticism is kind of secondary to that piece. Um, but Strange tested really well. Wattenberg also tested really well. Both of those guys are, are supreme athletes for the position. Wattenberg's under 300 pounds, so he might take a little bit longer to get acclimated, but he's got yep. really quick feet for a center. I was just thinking of taking him as like a guy that maybe he can step in, but more like a developmental guy that you, because yeah. I picked him seventh in my mock draft. So in the seventh round, so I really wasn't expecting much out of that. I mean, if but, you can get that out of a seventh round pick, that's great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's exactly what I'm, because they, last year they hit a, they hit a gem with Jamar Jefferson. I think he just, he popped right away from, for the red, the Lions. So, 